the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Since early March, actually mid-February, I've been working. Haven't taken a day off from radio. Took some time off from TV because they didn't want me. Um, but it, it, what a crazy 100 days. We've gone from crazy bull market that everyone was making money into to bear market, to a correction to bear market to full recovery in the stock market. Wow. Now the areas that haven't recovered are popping higher. And said, hey, we want to come along too. Travel and leisure stocks across the board. Um, Pretty impressive. American Airlines up 6.8% today. Hurt Susan bankruptcy up 35%. Big names who've already done well, like Apple and Microsoft, they're down about 1%. Amazon's figuring out a way to continue to weasel higher. As is Boeing, a stock you could have got for a mere hundred dollars not that long ago now it's at 226 now again well off its all-time highs but not so far off as it was uh, a month ago so some names like exxon mobile companies that have been struggling the hardest when oil goes from 30 dollars a barrel down to 10 and then from 10 back up to 30 um, exxon mobile lagged because we don't really believe it per se and then now well i guess we believe it was it an uh, opportunity in a lifetime to invest in March? I think history is going to say that it was a pretty good time to invest. Do I think the next couple of months could get bumpy again? I wouldn't be surprised with high valuations and a lot of holes in our economy. One good jobs number does not equal a bull market. One good job number does not equal you know, a new radical invention against the fight against cancer or against the fight against slow internet or against the fight against online privacy. The jobs number is good on Friday. Nice surprise. Um, but again, I'm probably a little bit manipulated too. I don't know if that's worthy of me mentioning. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is something, but it's not a conspiracy theory. 800-516-1220. Dunkin' Donuts plans to hire 25,000 employees as states reopen. That doesn't mean much to me other than to say something along the lines of they have expectation that business is going to come back. They're not going to hire people and say, okay, we want you to go outside and play corn toss. We want you to um, wash the coffee machines one more time. Um, They're bringing people back on for business. Not again high-paying jobs, but I'm willing to take that one. Um, airlines have roared back and one of the ways they've roared back is they've shown us some of their data for the summer. They're adding flights after cutting massive amount flights. We'll still be at lower flights this time versus last time this year versus last year. 
there's still going to be some big charges in airlines of you know asking employees to retire and sometimes forcing them to retire with buyouts. The Democrats have unveiled a police reform bill after nationwide protests against brutality. <clears throat> we are in full-on earnings season. No, we're not in earnings season. We're on full-on political season, right? Joe Biden spent big on Facebook ads as Trump came under fire for the George Floyd protest response. A lot of that to do with, with Facebook. Again, it's an opportunity knocks, right? Uh, Facebook and Twitter got into a little bit of a spat on what is free speech by the president, what is not, what can be edited, what cannot. And Joe Biden's like, I'll go spend money there. <laughs> if they're going to be saying anything negative about my opponent, I'll go spend money there. <clears throat> Does not surprise. And that's my Joe Biden impression. For the ladies and gentlemen, I just debuted. I said, I'll go spend money there. For those of you who... <clears throat> um, one analyst is saying that the lockdowns that we went through prevented nearly 5 million U.S. coronavirus deaths. Or, no, no, 5 million coronavirus cases. The one thing I'll throw out about that is that's kind of like one of those phantom things where we're like, wait, wait, how do we know? And those are the ones that we have the most difficult as a nation holding on to, things that we can't physically see, things that we can't physically know. It's almost as if there's aliens. Like, wait, there's aliens? It's like, wait, we stopped 5 million coronavirus cases? Was it worth it or not? You could do the math. I don't know. I'm not on either side, Republican or Democrat, as far as shutdown positive, shutdown negative, uh, death positive, death negative. Oh, this was kind of cool. I'm not going to do this, or maybe I'll do this. Some old coot buried a treasure chest in the world. It's said to be worth one to five million dollars. It has gold coins in it and treasure stuff, you know, treasure chest stuff. Uh, and I think he buried it back in 2010. And he wrote a poem or something like that. He's got a book, and there's the clue in the poem, and someone found it after 10 years. I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. As a kid, those kind of stories were magical to me. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm a little fearful on COVID and uh, Black Lives Matter is a lot of kids are seeing some stuff that they've never seen before. And as parents, we need to explain it. I've got a friend who lives in Alameda and his six-year-old kid's like, are the protesters going to come tear down my house? I'm like, dude, stop your kid from watching news for a little bit. He's too young. Ramifications and unintended consequences is what I was trying to get at there. Of, I've got this childhood memory of being very romantic about the world. What will kids have today? More realistic? Positive, negative? I don't know. Anyhow, lots going on to digest these days. <clears throat> um, where are the sellers at? I think that's a really, really good, a good question. Because as we've been moving up, we've had these incredible pops, incredible runs. You know, as bad as March was. April and May were, were positive, like unbelievably so. So if COVID is over, is it not over? Black Lives Matter, is it front page or back page? V-shaped recovery, non-V-shaped recovery. There's a lot of arguments to be had right now. And none of them are coming up with, like, why aren't people, why aren't we back at all-time lows? No one's saying that. We know where the bottom will be in theory. We should be able to hold that in a worst case scenario. So I'm going to give you this as an investor. 
if you take a look at the March lows, you're going to have a benchmark of how far low we went or how far low can we go. It was like back in 9-11, 2001. In 2002, 2003, I was like, we're probably not going to crack that level. We're probably not going to go below that level because that was a day of fear, 9-12, 9-11, when the markets opened back up, where we were extrapolating every worst-case scenario into the economy. March 2020, we were extrapolating every worst case into world economies, not just the United States. So, as an investor, if we ever get below that level again, I'll say this right now, I would be very surprised. It's a benchmark now for us. It's a bottom. That's how I want you to start thinking about it. Is it science? No. Did I just, you know, my life blood and say the power of bazuzu the market would not go lower than this it's not a blood pact or anything like that and it could easily be pulled back but as an investor that's a pretty good one for you you get benchmarks like um we look back on vietnam war world war one world war two normandy 150 dollar oil and they become areas where you could start getting some confidence where you can sort of get a little learning. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I like this song because it has a positive message. Get out of your own way. See my most measures Positive or negative. Afterlife world. I got out of my own way, and I've done a good job. I've made a career that I feel comfortable with. I hope at some point in time I could pass the baton, pass the torch. <clears throat> I still enjoy what I'm doing, but by all means, if there's someone else who wants to do it, <laughs> you're more than welcome. I like getting up early. I like staying up late. Uh, I find myself having a lot of trouble watching television and not watching the news. Sustainable investing is set to surge in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. The outbreak of COVID-19 could prove to be a major turning point for a lot of industries, for a lot of environmental, social governance issues. Sustainable funds attracted record inflows in the first quarter. People putting their money where their mouth is. Critics have said that ESG investing is merely a bull market phenomenon, while others argue it represents a fundamental shift in investing. <clears throat> With the stock market's good, yeah, you can have a conscience. You could say, okay, I don't need the 20% returns of tech stocks. I can go for a 10% in a company that's doing some good by the world. Coronavirus has people staying at home. So Netflix and Zoom have done very, very well. They've outperformed expectations of what would be yearly expectations. They've done it in a matter of months. So pandemic, will it alter our values? I, I, behavioral investing is fascinating. <clears throat> ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. You could look at companies in a lot of ways. You can say, let's take a look at their revenues. Let's take a look at their earnings. 
was watching an interview with a CEO of PricewaterhouseCoopers, and he said, you know, we're going to start doing this diversification counting. And I'm like, what does that mean? And we're going to give reports on companies that are, are more diverse than others on number of employees, not just number of board members. Now, I ask you, um, I'd say maybe this time last year, having a board of directors that had one African-American, one woman, one Asian, and seven whites, we're like, okay, what's the number going to be? Do we know? Do we care? How do we define it? What is diverse? What is not diverse? And in a down stock market, are you going to say, abandoned ship, abandoned ship, I need a company with that doesn't spend as much money caring? Or are you going to say, I'm going to stand by a company that does? There's a company called Skechers. They make American shoes. Their story of their stock market is a mess. And then you get a company like Nike who wasn't considered ESG. They're getting there, I think, in people's minds. They have at least corporate thoughts about it, right? Um, as an investor, are you going to be loyal to your pocketbook or are you going to be loyal to your morals? And do you mess the two up? Do you mix the two? Um, you'll hear more about what's in ESG funds. There's a lot of styles of approach. You can have indexes that mirror benchmarks. But then you can get into some ESG funds that Microsoft is the most highly owned stock in most ESG funds. And then comes Alphabet and Visa. Apple and Xylem rounded out the top five. Of the 20 stocks most commonly found in ESG funds, 75% are outperforming the S&P 500 this year. A lot of people like putting their money where their mouth is. Um, when I threw out those five names that are the largest holdings, did any of those sound like environmentally, politically correct? Again, companies like Apple say, we're committed to getting 100% of our electricity use from renewable sources. And they set up a mathematical date. Is that good enough for you? Tim Cook pins the most awesome letters, whether it's in the middle of the pandemic or it's in the middle of a Black Lives Matter movement in the United States that uh, will the, you know, the match turn into a flame? Will the flame turn into a fire? And he's right there with you, at least in his words. So ESG investing. Uh, I could tell you that in the 1990s, it was more of a, a bar joke. Oh, you're going to go invest in that politically correct uh, company? I, I don't know how I feel like about weapons of mass destruction, but companies like Boeing and McDonnell Douglas make weapons that can kill large amounts of people. Should I say I'm not going to own them? Or do I care more about getting my family to retirement? And is there is there a conflict in the two? Stocks are rising across the board now. Um, Dow, NASDAQ, S&P 500, Russell 2000, all moving higher. Consumers did, according to the new survey, we felt better in May. It's funny, like I said in the first hour, I have a friend who left the city of San Francisco and came 25 miles out, and she was shocked that people are walking on the streets without masks. People are going to stores without masks. 
she was stunned because she wants to protect her family. She's been living in a locked up world. And then she gets into the rest of the world. She's like, what do you mean you guys have oxygen? You have vitamin D on your skin from sunshine. We're living in a pretty parallel world right now of like on and off. City warns equity euphoria is at its highest level since 2002. So we have come roaring up, and everyone likes to make money, and their big strategy is Tobias Lukovic. He goes out there today and says, the price action is kind of exact opposite of where we were in, the, in, in March. And this is only two months removed from March, so we're a little too euphoric. And we could go back to, like, what, what does normal look like? SP 500 has gained 43% since late March. It's now at its loss about 1% for the year. In a year with COVID, shutdowns, protests, that's pretty impressive, showing you how resilient a stock market can be in the face of that doesn't make any sense. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So some good news. CFP, Chad Burton and myself are talking about doing some seminars down the road. Webinars, probably first, for sure. And then we'll move towards other ways of educating and infotaining you. Um, The goal of the show is to get your retirement. I'm not good at much else in life. I'm not going to be a good online gambling show. I'm not going to be a... you know, counterculture. I'm going to try to tell you things to help get you to retirement. And it stinks because I know that a lot of people lost their jobs. I'm like, hey, you need to save 10, 15% of your paycheck. Um, yeah, good luck with that, right? But that's the goal of the show. And as long as you know that, I think we're on the same page on some levels, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anytime you have questions, they're great for the air. Try not to be too speculative in nature because I'm probably not going to like it. But... Um, in the end, you can do whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, I'm just here to try to show you the mistakes I've seen other people make. And there are plenty. Lululemon is one of those companies that, to me, is a little bit of a civil war. Because I like everything that they're doing, on one hand. And on the other hand, I see Nike. So... My approach on a Lululemon, we're going to say yoga pants are hot. They're the unofficial uniform of the pandemic. Um, one analyst has a buy rating, has recently upped her price target to $378 from $230. That's, a, that's an upgrade. They're seeing that a lot of retail has been pummeled by mandatory store closures and a pullback in consumer spending, kind of a one-two. But they're confident in the success of the company, and they're pointing to a blockbuster quarter online. So you've heard through the pandemic, companies like, oh, Target better than expected online, and you know, but it costs more money to do stuff online, which makes no sense because still, until you get the system in place, it's more money. Um, but Lululemon is getting kind of a loyalty program thing going. There's a lot of things like. If you believe we're coming out of the pandemic, if you believe it's going to stick. Now, again, I can't tell you that. That's where we're going to bump heads. Do you believe in science? Do you believe in religion? Do you believe in vaccines or no vaccines? Do you believe in uh, 
the herd or they, you know, let everyone live as long as they can. Um, I don't know. I don't, that's where I'm, meh. <clears throat> so, one of the areas that has been kind of notably hit in the pandemic, <clears throat> IPOs. IPOs kind of need a healthy stock market. They kind of need optimism, initial public offerings. Um, you know, Uber needs a chance to sit out on CNBC and not Uber. I'd say let's go with a new one, Shift Four. Shift Four Payments is a new IPO. The stock was up forty four percent. They needed the market to calm calm down. I can't get anything done while you're screaming. They can't talk to Maria Bartiromo. They can't talk to Kelly Evans. They can't talk to these softball interviews um, to get some public support pre-IPO. Initial public is they want you to buy the shares that they've held. And that, that creates a problem right there for me. Is like you're basically buying their opportunity. They're giving you their opportunity and hard work in exchange for shares. And you're giving them cash. So Shift for Payments saw its initial IPO skyrocket 44%. That's fun. It's got a good ticker symbol, ticker 4, F-O-U-R. Um, stock's up 40% in midday trading. Um, always the direction the CEO was you know, preparing for. But he wasn't preparing for COVID. And it's interesting, like, I would say an IPO last year that ended up being at the right place at the right time was Zoom. Their IPO did well, but it did damn well. The news flow that came with COVID really helped the company. Um, so Shift4 is talking about their company, and they're talking about the roadshow, and they're, they, they kind of need people not to be sick. They need to, some face-to-face handshakes and like, hey, you want to put money with my company? You will, You brokers want 10% of our company? We'll give it to you. But here's the sales pitch that you need to have. There's been a couple other IPOs. Um, Warner Music, they went public on Wednesday. Big media company. Do you believe in their music catalog? Maybe that's, you know, they're going to be licensing out. Zoom Info Technologies doubled its IPO. So we get a little bit of, what this comes down to is a little bit of speculation. These are new companies. They have no proven track record for us. They're not public. What we have is some uh, Securities and Exchange Commission filings that, that kind of like pieces together the company for us so that we can kind of get it. But how do we get it with shelter in place? How do they do in shelter in place? How do they do post shelter in place? So anyway, Shift 4 has furloughed 25% of its workforce, which is kind of crazy. Um at a time you're coming public. Like, here's our business model. Well, we just cut our business model up by 25% one day after we just showed you our business model. And the question is, companies that come public now, are they the companies that, like in 95, 96, we get companies like Yahoo. Woo! Awesome company. And then by 2000, we were getting companies like smellmypoop.com. Um... The better companies were on the front end. Uh, the weaker companies were on the tail end of the dot-com era, per se. Um, there were some exceptions. Don't you know? get angry at me. <clears throat> but the question is, companies that come public now, are they doing it so that they can get their insiders out? Or are they doing it because they can take advantage of weakness in the economy with being 
flush with cash from their IPO. Um, here's an odd one. You know the Japanese? I know you're saying, careful here. You're talking about a whole group of people. You know they sell some wacky, wacky stuff? Like black whoppers. You're like, why do you eat that? Guess what you're going to be able to buy in a 7-Eleven when you're picking up a big gold bin in Japan? Is it going to be high-end wine? Is it going to be uh, Cuban cigars? What is it going to be, Rob? Tell me. It's going to be life insurance. And you can buy them through machines at 7-Elevens in Japan. Um, fascinating, no? There are more vending machines in Japan, about 5 million, than there are in the United States, which has about 4.6 million. Population of Japan is about 127 million, while the United States has 330-plus million. So you just do the math there, and there's a lot of vending machines per person. You think there's a lot here, but whoa. Selling life insurance through a vending machine. Life insurance stocks typically have very low valuations. We don't really reward them and say, oh, you're going to come up with life insurance 2.0. Insurance companies, life insurance companies, they're regulated, and they have to maintain adequate capital to pay claims. It's not a wise idea to sell life insurance and go out and buy really expensive offices without money. Because at some point in time, those people are going to die. So if you can kind of get the buildings and the um, agents out of the way and just sell it through a kiosk, I get it. What's that tell you about being a life insurance agent? (laughs) The old uh, targets on your chest? And I'm not activating anyone to shoot a life insurance agent. I'm just saying the job may go away. God. I have to correct everything now. Tesla stock cracks $900 a share. Chinese passenger vehicle sales rose year over year in May for the first time in a long time. Tesla Model 3 sales in China tripled from April's numbers. Chances of a rapid recovery have jumped. A week or two ago, we were probably all in the camp of, well, it's going to be, let's take a look at 2021 and that we won't be back to normal until 2022, 2023. We probably moved those numbers up with the uh, jobs report on Friday. So maybe we are fully back by the end of 2021. And when I say fully back, I'm probably just saying airlines and hotels. So I'm not saying Apple. Apple will be fine. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, one of the things that I wrote down over the weekend is I'm trying to piece together themes for you. And I'm going to stop talking about this soon because I, I feel like we're moving on to the next level. But the stock market today is up. And most of us can't really see it. A lot of it's in stimulus from the Federal Reserve. A lot of it is in government regulation rollback. A lot of it is in um, paying people to stay at home. A lot of us don't get it, but the market's right. They saw that jobs number before we did, or something happened. So hopefully you didn't panic in March. I had a conversation with a couple friends this weekend about that, of what did you do during the the pandemic? What did you do during March? And some people did panic. Um, Throwing that out there. Last month, some people grew more optimistic. That should help unlock the 
economy. And I'll give you an example on that. I've had discussions about vacations, you know, fall or, or winter, spending a little bit more than I typically do. I've started becoming a little bit more optimistic in the last 10, 15 days. So as I do, maybe I'll also say, you know, my sugar booger put up with me. I'm going to buy her an expensive cubic zirconium necklace. It's going to be $10, but it's going to look like a $20,000 diamond necklace. I know you're saying diamond necklaces. You have no fashion whatsoever. True. Um, But you get more confident. And I think you're hearing that in your friends, are you not? I think you're hearing that in your family. I think you know some people are like, "Uh, I'm about to to lose my mind. I'm going out. And then you're hearing some people that went out. Some of them went out to protest. Some of them went out to get sunshine. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Boom, boom, boom. My heart's going. One of my favorite songs of all time, Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Facebook's going through a little bit of an identity crisis right now. An an estimated 400 Facebook employees staged a virtual walkout last week to protest the company's handling of a controversial post from Donald Trump appearing to threaten violence against uh, police brutality protesters. A day after that virtual walkout, Zuckerberg stood by his decision at an all-hands internal meeting. Employees have continued to challenge the decision. Today, a group of former and current content moderators pinned a blog post on Medium supporting the protesting employees and criticizing CEO's Mark Zuckerberg's stance. I've read some reports of some people who are involved with content moderating, and they are people who, I have to be so careful. It's like we've, I want to say out loud, they're people who, it's like being sent to the front lines of Vietnam. I've heard some horror stories on people have to moderate content of stuff that your sick little eight-year-old cousin in Texas posted. Um, And they have to get that stuff off. And the weirdo 57-year-old neighbor who you've only seen once in eight years when he posted. We got some kind of a reckoning to do with content and what should be out there and what shouldn't be out there. And how much is too much? And what do we protect our society from? Um, Home Depot billionaire Bernie Marcus, co-founder of Home Depot. He's not the famous one. Arthur Blank is the famous one who owns the Atlanta Falcons. Um, He's donating up to 90% of his $5.9 billion fortune. Guess who's going to be a big winner on that? Trump's 2020 campaign. Wow. Now we start crossing Home Depot with your politics. And you may love Trump, you may hate Trump, but he was you know, one of the co-founders. How does he want to spend his money? Do you care? Maybe you do. There was a concept of something called black dollars, where in the 60s the concept was African Americans should spend their paycheck money in African American communities only. And I saw a Yelp um, recently came out and said, you know, we're going to make it easy for you to find businesses owned by African-Americans. 
money talks, I think. And when a billionaire co-founder of Home Depot plans on donating up to 90% of his $5.9 billion fortune in Trump's campaign to be one of the biggest beneficiaries, you're like, huh, Um, what's that mean to me? After the 90-year-old billionaire dies, 80 to 90% of his wealth is going to go to his foundation to build centers to help veterans with disabilities. It's going to help fund medical research. It's going to provide care for children with autism. And you're like, that's a great way to spend your wealth. But as soon as you get into the political donation angle of charity, it starts to become kind of interesting. Um, Philosophically, this man was one of Trump's largest donors in 2016, giving about $7 million to Trump's campaign through outside groups. According to the Center for Responsive Politics, how do you feel about large net worth and do you protest or do you support? Again, for those of you who are Republican, maybe go, I'm only going to Home Depot. I'm never going to Lowe's again. And maybe those who are like, don't like Trump, you're like, I'm never going to Home Depot again. And there's some people like me who get conflicted. I'm like, they do have really good paint there. 800 516 to get your calls in the air. As a small child, I had a crush on a school teacher, Mrs. O'Neill. She wasn't actually a school teacher. She was a school nurse. I was in second grade, and I kind of knew that we were going to end up on a Mediterranean beach together. Didn't work out like that. She got a husband. I became very, very bitter.